everyone. Welcome to, at long last, episode 43 of the Inside Out podcast. For some reason or another, we have not been able to have this podcast for weeks now. There was there was different schedules going on. There was an episode that we recorded to be released the week before Mother's Day, but there were some technical issues there. And then there was a big one that took place. Brent, you... Yeah, for had, some reason or another, <laughs> you had you COVID. Said, yeah, for some reason or another. The reason for me was I wanted to lay around my house for days and days and days and watch hunting videos on YouTube and just and just be overly miserable and sweaty for way too long. That's why we didn't do the podcast because that I, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, no, for real, I did. I got the I got the uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Yeah. For me, was a very real thing. Yeah. Well, some people say oh, I got it, and it was it was pretty mild, you know. Um, for you, it was like. Groundhog's Day, you know, with with Bill Murray and just the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it was. It really was. I, I was um, thankfully my wife my wife got it, but thankfully did not. She got about three days. Her symptoms showed about three days after mine, and then, but they weren't near as severe and didn't last as long. She recovered faster, so I that was a big concern for me. So she was. She was not very having not, not a whole lot of fun either, but it wasn't as bad. And then thankfully, Sophie didn't get it at all, so that was good. But boy, I'll tell you that I don't I I don't know if I envy those people who are asymptomatic or have very little um, response to it. But wow, that wasn't true for me. That that was pretty rough. So so here's my here's my question: As yes. you were feeling feverish, lethargic. How many, give me a ballpark, how many YouTube videos did you watch? Oh, now, man. now I just want to make sure that I, yeah. that I clarify this with, and most people listening know you pretty well, but this, is, this would not be par for the course for you. Like it's so <laughs> no. diametrically opposed to how you normally function and operate. Yeah. Like just, so I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll qualify it because, because the first week that I had all the sim- that I had the symptoms, I had gotten tested and it was a negative test. Yeah. So I continued to work from home. Um, I did not come into the office because of the because I was not feeling well, and so worked remotely from home. But, um, but my test was negative, so I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well at least it's not that. But by the start of the second week, it was so rough. I went to urgent care. Two days later, I went to the hospital. I just was terrible. It was just terrible. It was the sickest I have ever been. And then as I was telling that to Jesse, she's like, well, you're forgetting when you came out of India. I got really sick like 12 years ago um, from a parasite in India. Yeah. When and I was you were in on India, a short-term mission. On a short-term mission. And so, yeah, yeah, that probably was a little different story. But so, so back to the YouTube videos. So the first week I'm, I'm like taking naps and stuff, but I'm working. Yeah. Right? And so just kind of miserable, sweaty <laughs> and, but working cause I got to get, get things done. And then, but then the second week, at least the first four, probably like Monday through 
Thursday or Friday, maybe even Saturday, I was so miserable for several of those days, I didn't even come out of my bedroom other than to maybe get a little bite to eat. I was just, I just laid in bed, slept huge amounts of time, and just like, yeah, I know I've said the word sweaty twice now. <laughs> now I've said it three times, but I'm not kidding you. It was, it was like, what is happening? And so, and so I didn't actually probably start watching any YouTube videos until toward the end of the second week and the third week. But then I was like on the couch mm-hmm. half the time. And I just, as much as sometimes Jesse would be there with me and she couldn't handle any more hunting videos. So I'd be like, okay, I guess we'll watch one of your shows, you know, but it was just television. If you weren't laying in bed, it was television. Cause what are you going to do? Right? right. There's like, you feel so bad. You just lay on the couch. So yeah. I, I definitely, um, I pretty much exhausted all of the recent YouTube videos for particularly mule deer hunting and then um, elk hunting as well. I believe it. And I don't, maybe a couple bear hunts, but the rest of them I don't really care too much about, but you know, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. Okay. So you've, you've exhausted the supply of all those videos and well, I I don't want to make, I don't certainly don't want to make light of, of COVID, but, and we're glad that um, we're glad that you're recovered. And secondly, we're, we're glad that, um, you know, we, we, as a, we as a church decided to suspend in-person gatherings for two weeks. Yeah, wasn't um, that a ripoff? Just to just to make sure that there there was no ripple effect from this, and 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 so far uh, there hasn't been. So we're thankful for that. But I again, I'm not trying to make light of it. But here we are, 14 months later, 15 months since this all kind of began, and. You know, almost at the end of it, I'm putting it in air that in air quotes yeah. as, as we're speaking, but um, we kind of made it that far before it came knocking on our front door, so to speak. So yeah, it really was an odd thing to me that I I knew a handful of people for the first year or whatever that had uh, contracted it, and so it didn't feel. You know, I mean, it was just like it. I did, just didn't know very many people that had it. But in the last couple of months, I've known a lot of people. Yeah. And so it, that's a very odd thing to me as the numbers overall are way down. The people that I know that have gotten it, have been, it's been for real. So it's just such a strange thing how people can, some people, on, you know, worst, obviously worst case scenario, that some people are, have actually died from this. Right. And other people don't even show a sniffle. It's just an odd thing. Really is. Yeah. And I was definitely surprised at how hard it hit me. I, I, I wasn't making fun of COVID before. There was a few people that mentioned on Facebook that it was more than the, more than the, the, than the sniffles or a common cold. I'm like, well, and, but they put it in a kind of a little bit of a sarcastic way. And I didn't know if they meant like, like I had me, I didn't make fun of it at all. I was just like, it's just a serious thing, but an odd thing. And yeah, so I don't know. I don't think they were making fun of me, but if they were, then I'm calling them out on this podcast right now and just saying, you need to get your act together, people. You yeah. need to be careful on social media. You know the climate these days. Everything is controversial. Yeah. So just, you know, beware. Yeah. Well, it was wonderful to have people back in the building. Man, that was good. Yeah. On Sunday. I can tell you this. I enjoy every opportunity that I get to preach the gospel to City Point Church. But it's much better doing it with people in the building than it is 
to do it no doubt to a camera yeah thanks for covering that week that was that was uh necessary and and uh very helpful for us yeah although i will say it was it was less awkward than the one sunday earlier this year we had to cancel because of weather so we canceled the 9 a.m gathering because there's a lot of snow we had people in the in the 10 30 not everybody got the memo so there was about three people in the auditorium and we weren't going to turn them away at all so i'm i'm preaching primarily to a camera but then to three people in the yeah, auditorium that's so a little awkward so it was it was a little different so that, that's okay that's okay but but we've had people back in the building and brent this is something that you've mentioned before and something that i don't know that we've told the church at large at least by our our words overtly we've certainly demonstrated demonstrated it in our actions in these past four years now since you've been the lead pastor here but i want to talk about the difference between being an attractional church and an attractive church hmm. so yeah what's, this is, what's the difference in those two things yep yeah that's a that's a good question and i think that i think that um, it's important. To, it, it sounds like semantics. If to, to somebody who's not maybe attentive to overall church culture throughout America or something like that, it sounds like you know you're just. It's just a semantic thing. That that is is there really a difference between attractive and attractional, and and there is a difference. And so if I could try, and, and we actually have this in our we I I wanted to make sure. That we, um, that we were trying, that we were training up people as we were bringing them into membership to be to understand our approach to ministry, meaning our philosophy of ministry and all that. Not just our doctrine, not just our theology, but our 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 approach to what it is we're trying to accomplish. Which is partly why we make sure and teach them not just in practice while like on a Sunday, but actually in the membership class. Why do we preach expositionally? Why do we take um, whole books of the Bible and teach and preach through them uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse? Why do we do that? Um, and then also this idea, because there's, there's so many variations of, quote, church or church services or church gatherings in, in America that... Um, that it almost could make your head spin and the, the varying approaches. And so we're not just, we would never in any way claim to know everything or to have all of our ducks in a row and everything down pat. I don't mean that, but that, that we're not just making it up week to week. We have a reason uh, for doing what we're doing and a means by which we're attempting to carry out the mission of Christ. And so seeing some versions, I'll call them that, versions of church being conducted throughout, and, and very popular, especially with the internet and all that, um, that, that we see. Um, I wanted to make sure that people understood why we don't do that. And, the, and so the difference between attractive and attractional, l- let, me, let me put it in real practical terms, right? Um, there's a difference between, let's think about a human being. So you and I are both male, 
mm-hmm. created by God in his image as male. And then there are those who are created in, in God's image as female. So you and I being male, we can, we can I, rightly identify and, you know, it's, it's like uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But you and I could identify a female who is attractive. And we could also identify a female who's trying to attract others, mm. right? And it's like in the, one, in the first case, she simply is a pretty or a cute or a beautiful human being, female human being. She's just, she's just attractive, right? In the other sense, in the second case, she's trying to draw attention to herself and make much of herself. And she's trying to, um, for whatever reasons, uh, she, she's trying to, to garner attention. And so and maybe that, I don't know if that's the greatest illustration or not. Um, but when it comes to the gathering of the church, one, we, we have made a distinction between services and gatherings. Are we putting on a service or are we uh, facilitating the gathering of the church? And, and we go with, we're, we are facilitating the gathering of the church. The church gathers on the Lord's day. And as the church gathers, there are normal, regular th- things that the church has always done throughout history. It's done them sometimes differently, but at least they're done, right? Whether it's the ordinances of the church, practicing uh, water baptism, uh, uh, the Lord's table, communion, whether it's singing, whether it is the teaching and or preaching of the Bible, whether it is uh, the, the, the fellowship of the saints, all of those things have always happened within, as the church gathers on the Lord's day, right? And so we want to recognize that. And, and I think it is important to, to note that when a church even if they've never thought through it, when they are putting on what they call a service, um, it's, that's not bad language. It's just it, there's a mindset that takes place. Um, and, 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 and when the mindset is, is right, it's the idea that the church at that moment is, it is putting on a service, but what they're doing is they're serving their community with the gospel, right? When it's being thought of properly and being conducted properly, then to call it a service is, is well and fine. It's got evangelistic, uh, an evangelistic heartbeat, and, and that's all well and fine. Unfortunately, in our consumeristic culture, the mindset doesn't stay pure and true. The mindset shifts to um, the staff start to think that they have to perform. They're putting on a show or they're conducting a pep rally or they're putting on a performance so as to draw people's attention to whatever it is that they and and then that mind shift takes place in the in the in the people as well that they're no longer congregating as the people of God to fellowship with one another and to receive the word of God and communion and etc they are now coming to watch the show. They're coming to see the performance. And so, and so, of course, I mean, there's, there's things that could be said with regard to, you know, 
light shows and, and smoke machines and all of those things that are, you know, I don't, of course, we don't have those here, right? I'm like, turn the lights on and there's no smoke machines <laughs> and open your Bibles, right? That's like, uh, uh, that's just been my, my philosophy for a very long time that we we'll preach the Bible, teach the Bible as best we can. We're going to sing and, and, you know, we're going to sing music, gospel music as best we can. And really, if that doesn't work, we're all out of tricks, right? And so, um, and part of, so, so that's the mindset that, that changes, you know what I'm saying? So we want to maintain that we gather as the church with the full, complete recognition that not everybody that gathers with us is a follower of Christ yet. And so, and even put it like that, yet, because we're hoping and praying that they will become followers of Christ through the preaching of the Bible and the conviction and convincing of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God will awaken them and they'll be brought from death to life. That's our prayer, right? Uh, and so not everybody that attends, uh, not everybody who participates, not everybody that gathers with us is a follower of Christ. And so we're, we try to be... Um, uh, we're always trying to, you know, if you will, cast that gospel net. We're always making sure to uh, help people to remember that uh, we're saved by the gospel, um, and and yet that's not the end of the gospel for us. Then we grow in the gospel, and um, and so all of that is to say we are we are in a place as a church that we simply. We do not want to, um, we don't want to put on a show. We're not interested in that. We're not trying to, we're not trying to attract people in that way. Um, We are though, we do though want to be attractive. We want to simply, we want to conduct ministry with excellence, whether that's our whether that's our social media footprint or our website or our in-house graphics or the quality of music or the quality of our preaching. Like we want our facility to be in good shape and in good order. All of those things are part of being attractive. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to take care of the, of the ministry in that way, but it's not for the purpose of trying to attract people in that way. We're simply the church gathers, and we want we want a very gospel-centered, attractive presentation, if you will, not a performance, but a presentation. And we think the Bible's attractive. We think the gospel is attractive. We think Jesus and the very presence of God and the move of the Holy Spirit. We think that's attractive. And so we don't need smoke machines and uh, crazy light shows and you know music that's at 108 decibels. Um, I, I particularly like loud music, and I like a, a you know I like a rock sound. I, I like that a lot. I love a growling lead guitar and drums, and that I mean that's right up my alley, and uh, and and so I like that. But that's not about being attractional. That's just about that's just about um, kind of preference, style mm-hmm. preference, and all that. But I don't know. You've been I mean you and I've been together for a long time. What else would be said about that? Not I, I mean maybe I haven't exhausted the. The answer to I'm the question. I'm glad you asked me because I feel like your answer wasn't very thorough. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, only kidding, of course. Um, you know, it's interesting because it, it, it really makes its way into every part of your culture. And like you were saying, there was such a good analogy between the, the person who's attractive against the one who's trying to be attractive. And in many instances, 
churches will base their teaching around trying to be attractive. And I've seen this particularly from churches who uh, largely practice topical preaching. Now, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. There's certainly times and places to do that. We've done that as a church. Preached th- we still preach through text, but it was on topics. So mm-hmm. shift earlier this year, um, to be human, and then of course intentional neighboring were were topical sermon series. We still preach through the Bible. Topical series, but not really topical sermons. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, oftentimes, what churches who really practice this will do is they will they'll look at certain times of year. Okay, January. That's when we do a New Year, New You series on improving yourself or being better, and then Easter. When, when they know there's going to be a lot of people in the building, it's, okay, we're going to follow this up with a series on family. And, and it's just, it feels like, to me, after, after being in ministry now for uh, almost 10 years, it, it feels so cliche, like I can see what's going to happen. So this summer, it just there's going to be at the movie sermon series where there will just... <laughs> well, especially movie theaters are back open now. Right, right. Yeah. And so, but what the challenging thing for me is, is that that type of, of planning and trying to make um, themselves attractive to people who are going to be in the building, first of all, I, I feel like it communicates the wrong thing to the person who's attending to where... Uh, what we're saying is, is when we have a series on family right after Easter, the woman who attends with the husband who uh, is lethargic in pursuing her or, or um, uh, things are on the ropes in the marriage or children who are disobe- disobedient, you know, when we present this as being the solution to that problem, uh, which is oftentimes what more attractional type churches will do, we start people off like on the wrong direction. And so we talk about we're gospel-centered and, and we're an attractive church. We are a gospel-centered, attractive church. Mm-hmm, so we are mm-hmm. preaching the gospel each and every single week, and we're reminding people that your primary problem is not somebody else. It's, it's, it's me. That's, mm-hmm. that's my primary issue. And, and, and Jesus didn't uh, suffer and die and raise again so that I could be a marginally better person. He brought me from death to life. Anyway, that what I love about being an attractive church is, is that we face difficult texts almost on a weekly basis. Yeah. So example, you'll hear about it this week, the text that you and Brandon Hart, newest member of our preaching team, are co-preaching is a difficult text to hear in some ways. We don't get to a avoid that. Right. And so that's, to me, that's a major part of being attractive because there's an authenticity there and there's a transparency there that I don't know if it's always on purpose, but you're not going to get at churches who are primarily trying to be attractional and always put their best foot forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, they, what ends up happening is they, they, um, they select palatable texts week after week and end up not preaching um, the full counsel of God's word, even over the course of years. And, mm-hmm. um, and that really, now you're talking about not just a misuse of Sunday mornings, but really you're, you're talking about being offensive to God. And, and I think it goes back to what you were just saying in, 
in regards to, and again, we don't want to be critical of, of other churches and how they're conducting themselves, but we're no. just talking about trying to establish a certain culture here. And that is that, like you were talking about, nothing wrong with a family series that, you know, you're going to teach uh, husbands how to love their wives and wives how to respect their husbands and kids how to obey their parents and, you know, all of those sorts of things. I mean, that, that's not a bad thing, right? Um, that, that's, that can be a very good thing. But what it ends up happening is people then, because of this consumeristic culture that we're all in, like fish and water, we, we don't even realize it, everything then is about us. And we come in then thinking that it's supposed to be about us and it's supposed to be aimed at us and it's supposed to be something that um, satisfies my palate and all of those things when really it's actually supposed to be about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We're not singing primarily for our, not primarily, firstly we're singing not for our own edification, but for the glorification of God. We are glorifying God. So people could say, well, I don't like that style of song, or I don't like that particular song. And we go, yes, but understand, we weren't singing it to you, and it wasn't written for you. We're singing it to God, and it was written for him. And so you might ask him, maybe he likes that song, right? Even if you don't. And if it's a biblical song, style or not, you actually could bring glory to God to, by, uh, by joining in, right? Now, it isn't that our singing doesn't edify us or those around us as we sing together, as the Bible tells us to, but, that's, but we miss the, we, we put ourselves in front of God then, and that's, that, that really is an error. Yeah, so I think that's a good, good point that you brought up. Yeah, the, and, and what you said is, is, is so true, reminding people that it's not all about them. It's not... And we have to be reminded of that. I have to be reminded of that. We've spent four years now trying to work the language of the church is not a building, it's a people into the vocabulary of the church in general. And it's it's still a struggle for for many of us that we see... We see City Point Church as a physical address on the map. Now, in in some ways it is. We're gathered together here at the building, but... When, when we approach it something attractionally and we say, hey, it's Laser Tag Sunday, come to the, come to the church, and it, it makes the, the church building the church instead of the people. Yeah. And we've, this is what we've done is, is tried to remind people that the church isn't a building, but it's, it's the people. And that's why we've, we've emphasized intentional neighboring when we did. Um, is so that we can we can have people in our in in that are a part of City Point Church who understand that um, it, it's not a physical location, but it's a people, and that the attractiveness doesn't come from whatever type of of strange marketing scheme we can establish to get people in the doors of the building, but it's the regular ordinary lives of Christians that that is attractive preach it brother people. preach it yeah so uh and this is a i have i have a question for you unless you got if something that you want to you want to say there um i always have something i want to say but i'm curious about your question here we are in 2021 yes which in many ways has been stranger than 2020 was it just it has been very odd like year for me that yeah. may be a different conversation for a different podcast but yes 
but many of these churches who practice the attractional model. So let's let's try to get people in the building. Yep. Do you think that is a a church culture fad that may be forced to change because of COVID? Oh man, that is yeah, almost in general what what is going to be forced to change because of COVID? is a whole, like a whole major um, study, observation, study, whatever. But that is, I don't know, because it feels to me, and I I don't know that I have my thumb finger on the pulse of this as much as I could or should, but it almost feels to me like two things are happening. One, people are doubling down. If you're an attractional church, and uh, you're, you're like, you're doubling down on we have got to attract people. Mm. We've got to, our numbers are down, our people aren't coming back. So what can we do that would just like turn up the wow factor knob that would really show our showmanship, T-shirt our showmanship cannons. off and just like et cetera, et cetera, right? What can we do? Double, let's double down on this approach. The other thing that I think is happening is that they're conceding a little bit to the numbers being down, but they're like, ooh, digital online church, that is the absolute place where we need to be putting our money and our efforts into because that's the future. That's the future, online church. Now, I recognize, I know, I, I, I maybe don't have a full, my finger on the pulse of this entirely, but but I firstly have to f- filter things through, not a pragmatic, this might work approach, but as a, a follower of Jesus, as a leader in the church, as a pastor, my first filter has to be the- theology. I have to have a theological filter, and, I'm, and I go, okay, you cannot actually have church online. You can put a show on online, you can preach the gospel online. You can actually even have some interaction online. But, the, but what, defines, what entirely defines a church cannot be done online. Um, and, and there's a necessity for gathering. And, and so a digital footprint of that, it cannot satisfy the full requirements of what makes a church a church. And so it could be an outreach it could be a, um, an evangelistic endeavor. It could even be an opportunity for some fellowship and or mm-hmm. discipleship. But you cannot satisfy the requirements of what a church is online only. Mm-hmm. I, like, I've, I've listened, I've, I've read, I've, I've, I've had people try to make that claim, and I know, I know that I'm, I could be, you know, like, there's probably, if, if there's certain people that are listening to this podcast, probably not anybody that's part of City Point Church, but others, <laughs> who would probably thoroughly want to scold me for saying this. But again, my first filter is, is theology, not, not pragmatics, not, a, not even, hey, we've got to try something, a, a, attempt. You can't be a, a church if it's just online, not, not by definition. So, um, I do think that there are a lot of people who are who are who are striving in that direction now because of because of what's happened during the pandemic. Mm. To to kind of wrap up your question, yeah. 
It is interesting. You think I'm in trouble for that, that answer? Um, do you want to edit that answer? I don't want to edit that okay. answer because it's a really good answer. Just, it's just, it's, it's, that whole thing is its own episode. Oh, man. So our online, yeah. our online presentation that we have, it's a wonderful ancillary resource is what I say. Good it's, words. It's, it's extra besides the main gathering. So if you have a week this summer where you're out on vacation, join in that live stream and that's okay. Or if unfortunately you have COVID-19, you yes. could avail yourself of that. And that is a good thing, but it is not a replacement for the personal in-person gathering of the church. No. And for those who remain estranged from the in-person personal gathering of the church, um, other than when when there are you know particular maybe medical reasons or something like that, if it just becomes this preference thing, like I didn't feel like getting out of my pajamas, mm. at some point that's going to become an issue of disobedience before the Lord, and it's going to be something that they're going to have to contend with God about. And I don't mean that like in some sort of a kind of goofy pastoral threatening thing, but I mean that in a real honest, practical way of living out your Christian faith, we are supposed to gather. It's, it's why there is the Lord's Day every single Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus came out of the grave. Here it is, Michael. Yep. Jesus came out of the grave on Sunday morning, first day of the week. And that became then the launch pad for the New Testament church honoring God on that day of the week. The initial church was Jewish in ethnicity, and so they honored the Sabbath, as was their culture and was a a part of the Old Covenant. But they began to gather on the church for teaching, preaching, and edification. Uh, Both evangelistic and discipleship efforts were conducted on the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. And so the church was commanded then um, to, to gather in, in, in this way uh, for the Lord's sake and for, their own, uh, and for their own sake. So, I like this. I'm gonna, we're going to record once a month just from now on because this is just loaded with, yeah. okay. with content. So one month from now, we're going to do another one? <laughs> All right. But this brings, us to, this brings us to a conversation that we had um, even in staff just this last Tuesday, okay. right? And I, and, I, and I reminded our staff because, again, uh, part of my job, one, really kind of a big part of my job is, as, as the leader, the leader, there's lots of leaders. You're a leader in the church. Others are leaders in the church. Um, but I'm the, like, the, the first right. among many type of a thing, uh, first among equals, as they like to say, with regard to elders and such. So one of my big jobs is not just vision casting um, and being the primary preaching and teaching voice, but one of my big jobs is to establish culture, right? Leaders establish atmosphere. They establish culture. And so that's why I'm so adamant about language uh, being, you know, like we, we, we understand what we're saying. We say things on purpose. Um, like I'm endlessly trying to help people and encourage people to talk about um, that, that they are a part of the church versus them attending the church. I was, I was in a setting recently where, where I heard somebody, a couple of people actually say how long they have, what I wanted them to say is how long I've been a part of City Point Church. 
but, they, but a couple of them said something to the effect of how many years they've attended this church. And I'm like, I wanted to, it wasn't a setting where teaching, a, a teaching moment would have been um, welcomed probably, <laughs> but I wanted to push pause on the whole, whole event and say, okay, teaching moment, here's the thing. You've been attending this church by your words. You've been attending this church for a number of years. Are you still a guest? Or have you become part of this church? Right? You're not a guest. If you've, if you've joined the church, if you're serving in the church, if you're giving to the church, if this is your home, you're no longer attending. Guests attend. But those who are a part of the church, they, that's just it. They're a part of it. They participate in the life of the church. So that's aside. What we talked about See, there's another podcast all in and of itself. <laughs> but what I talked about on our staff meeting and trying to establish culture is one of the things, in, and this is um, in, our, in our staff meeting schedule, the second Tuesday of every month is our look around meeting. We look around. We look at the calendar. We look what's going on, and we make sure that we got where our plans are in order, our, our resources are in order, we know what's going on, and we're all on the same page. And so we looked around all the way through September, so basically the third quarter of the month, and making sure that we're planning things out. But right, right up front was this conversation we wanted to talk about, what were we going to do um, on Father's Day? Typically, we like to do something special for mothers on Mother's Day, fathers on Father's Day. But I use the opportunity to remind our, our staff that, um, that we're not an attractive church. I'm sorry, we're not an attractional church. We always strive to be attractive. And so, yes, we want to honor fathers on Father's Day. Yes, we want to honor mothers on Mother's Day. But long before it's Mother's Day or Father's Day, and, and way more important than it being Mother's Day or Father's Day. It's the Lord's Day, right? And so we're going to, um, we're going to stay in the text. We're going to preach the Bible, whatever that text is. Right now we're going through Matthew. And so Father's Day will be a message out of Matthew chapter 18. And, and in my estimation, it's going to be the premium, perfect Father's Day message, right? Because it's right out of the Bible, mm-hmm. right there, right? And so rather than jump out of the text and rather than all of a sudden make the focus be, okay, yeah, people, some people have this idea like, yeah, 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 the Lord's Day comes every, second, seven, every seven days. We do that 52 times a year, but, uh, but this is the special day. In other words, uh, moms now become the most, most important person on the Lord's Day that happens to be Mother's Day. And dads then become the most important person on the Lord's Day that is Father's Day. And I go, nope, actually we're going to keep Jesus right at the center of all of it. Because, and, that, and that relieves us of having to think we have to shift, shift into let's put on a show, let's perform, let's you know, do all of that. And, and we simply, we're going to gather as the church. And as we gather as the church, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun. And, uh, and have something, some special things that would recognize fathers and, and, and say a few words about that. But, but Jesus is the focus, the centrality uh, of the church, that all of that is, is, um, is the gospel. And so that's where we're going to stay. How about Sounds that? Sounds like a good plan. I like it. Okay. I like it. I can get behind that. You know what? You can tell that, that um, we're like a pastor that's been away from the pulpit for too long because this podcast is probably the longest podcast oh, to no. date that we've had so far. But guess what? 
Our listeners love it. I know they do. They're oh, still yeah. listening even to this point. I wish you had crowd applause right there because that would have been pretty cool. You know what? I have the editing skills to, to pull that Whoa. off. We can do it. I believe it. Well, with that being said, again, you can look back to us being in our regular weekly rhythm at least for um, a couple weeks before summer vacations and whatnot start to hit. No, I'm only only teasing about that. We are we are glad, truly, to be back in in, in somewhat of a regular rhythm, Brent. I know that's that's true for you. Yes, doubly so. Yep. And so. Uh, if you missed it, there was a drink from upstream posted this past Wednesday night. We're going to get back into our regular rhythms, and we look forward to seeing you in the building, you who are City Point Church in the building, as we glorify God together this Sunday, continuing in the Gospel of Matthew, starting chapter 18. We'll see you this weekend.